Hello, hello everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of the Dreams and Discourse podcast. I've never done a podcast before, so I've got a bit of learning to do as I go along. But the general idea of this podcast is to have some friends on, discuss life and professions and, you know, dreams and discourse. (laughs) So I recorded this episode quite a while ago. I've been hoping to build up a bit of a backlog before putting this out. But given the situation that we're in currently with the health crisis, uh, we've got plenty of time. So I figured it's just about the perfect time to release this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it. And welcome to Dreams and Discourse. sick dude all right we're going all right uh this is this is a podcast are we on time <laughs> 10 minutes late awesome uh thanks for your time mr anoop my boy thanks for having me man uh welcome to i'm the first this one yeah you're you're my guinea pig man <laughs> <laughs> uh full Back on it. so who are you <laughs> what do you do <laughs> Who am I this talking is, to? What's going on? This is actually on? pretty funny just because like you and I haven't <laughs> talked in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so You're, you've been a busy boy, man. You same with you. Oh my god. It's it's wild. It's sick though. I'm like uh, you know, making a living off music and not working in a liquor store. And I recommend everyone try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is that is that what's happening now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of like, uh, like ghost writing for a couple of companies and stuff. For, so like, their commercial music is like, whoa, <laughs> is me in the background, but it's like still metal and stuff, which is very cool. But yeah, it's it's funny that I can be like, oh, I made that. That's me. <laughs> That's really cool, man. I had no idea. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So if, uh, if y'all are interested, because I guess I've seen you like post a bunch of like, I don't know. I feel like every time you pop up on Instagram right now, it's like always like a new video of demoing something maybe, or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely where I make a good amount of my money as well. That's sick. Hell yeah. But I'm also stoked because like, I'm now working with companies that I like actually back yeah you know what i mean like have you ever done the like i'm gonna make this demo video for you but i really don't like your product (laughs) (laughs) i i've never really full-on been in that situation per se but like i i've had the weird encounter where like like amp sim companies amp plugin companies will be like hey we'll send you a thing if you like do a thing and i'm kind of just like yeah but i don't play guitar yeah so i mean like Am I just supposed to like? <laughs> uh, yeah, here's here's a shot of my MacBook. 
Oh man, or, my dude, computer over just the cut shoulder, uh, over the shoulder, Frederick Coffee Company editing. Yeah, exactly. That's the demo video right there. Yeah, <laughs> that place still exists, right? Yeah, it's still it's still going. So, do you still um, spend most of your days and nights in there? No, 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 no. Oh no, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't done that in years, to be honest. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been, I've, dude, I've become such a homebody now. Um, by the way, I apologize. My Pro Tools on my laptop just gave me a hardware buffer size issue. Ooh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, so I apologize if, um, you know, I'm giving you some audio that's just straight up haggard. Do you want to, uh, go to <laughs> non existent commercial and <laughs> yeah. see if we can. You get commercial break yeah if you want i mean do you want me to do this like on my tower so that there are no fuck-ups um i mean i guess hardware buffer size is just it's just gonna go right? yeah it just stops it and then like i'll just i'm like watching it so whenever it does something stupid like that i'm just like letting it go again but okay it was dumb i'm sorry dude you're good man are you so you're working on two computers uh, well, I figured I could just be upstairs with my cat and use my laptop with like my wife's like focus, right? Interface thing. Oh, okay. That's for sick. like simplicity purposes, you know? Um, but I guess that was not the best decision. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I, I feel you dude. I've, I've definitely been there with the, yeah, but I'll, I'll do my best to like, you know, keep it going and stuff. But yeah, anyways, but no, no coffee co, man. I'm such a homebody now. I don't um I don't really go out or do things. I feel you. I back that so hard. <laughs> I'm so into that. Yeah. So, um, Okay, but importantly, do you still drink coffee? Yeah, I have yeah, okay. absolutely. I'm on my third cup right now. Yeah, so. my dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I jacked. Uh, I've like Made the mistake of uh, I started making cold brew. Oh boy, which is super easy to do, but it also means that I don't have to go anywhere or brew anything. I just have this huge mason jar full of coffee. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I've just been like slamming through entire mason jars of cold brew, and I don't mean like holy shit. I immediate like my immediate thought when somebody was like, "Oh, it's a mason jar," is like you like the little fist sized guy yeah but it's a 64 ounce mason jar jesus <laughs> so yeah uh I, I drink be water everybody like, it's great yeah exactly <laughs> oh man but yeah anyways homebody i back it man yeah so what do you what do you uh what are you up to at home being a body in in the home <laughs> i well i mean i haven't really been you know like touring at all um which is kind of nice but at the same time i do miss it um and there's reasons for it yeah like you know but uh yeah i've just been getting a lot of work with you know session drumming and some mix work here and there and yeah pretty- i was i was curious about that is that like still your kind of main income and stuff yeah right now that and uh you know like um, solo music royalties and whatnot, kind of ah, all of that okay. added up together. Just yeah, so it's pretty cool. I mean, 
the the tough part about it is that like it's it's hard to say no sometimes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's not really there's no weeding out process as far as like something that I'm going to be super passionate about recording drums for. Right. But at the at the end of the day, it's like you know I'm I'm also if I know someone's hiring me and if I'm not necessarily 100% into the music, that's fine. But I know they're looking for like specific drums. So I don't really yeah. have to worry too much about, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause you've sort of built your name and your sound to a point where I guess you can sort of assume what your clientele would be. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, my, like I've kind of refined the whole, pricing and cost process over the years as far as like being able to just be like okay well if this is required and this is like if i have to write parts from scratch and then any you know if i'm doing a buttload of revisions or if it's like a 10 minute so i don't know there's like all kinds of stuff but like i have a process for all of it now um which is good because that just i don't know i'm getting a lot of work so i feel like you wouldn't really make the effort to make you know that much of a process unless you were getting the work. So right. feels good. Hell yeah, dude. Can't complain, man. Feeling so. good is the good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. do you, uh, do you ever use your, a noobs guitar method on uh bands you track? Uh, <laughs> 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 I know what that means. <laughs> no, I mean, man, it just depends. Um, I, I have definitely like added my own guitars to stuff just to kind of help beef things up, you know, yeah. for like a section where I don't know, maybe, you know, cause a lot of bands don't really, you know, this just as well as I do that, like it's, you know, it's tough when a band comes in and you start telling them from an engineering standpoint, like, Oh, your guitar and your pickups aren't that great. And blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They're not really going to, you know, they're going to be like, what? I've, I've had this guitar for years. This is like my, you know, old yeah. faithful. And it's like, well, <laughs> but old, old faithful maybe needs to take a nap. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Know. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, bringing like a Les Paul for like some August Burns Red esque like breakdown stuff. You're just like, Whoo. yeah, that's, that's brutal. Dude, so. I, uh, God bless him. <laughs> Best. Like real sweet dude, but it, it cracked me up. I was working with this local band and I was like, so when's the last time you changed the uh, strings on this bass? And they yeah. were like, pretty recently. And I was like, okay, but what is, what does pretty recently mean? And they were like, <laughs> sometime in the last six months. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> Although it is interesting, I was listening to, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, Mark, I think, from um, Scale the Summit, the bassist. Oh, yeah. Well, he was, I guess. He was, This is yeah. a pretty old video. Um, and he was talking about how he prefers dead bass strings. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, but I guess it's just out of a consistency sake, because like, bass strings go to go to crap like so quickly yeah no they're a pain in the ass to deal with when you i mean i same with guitar strings i found but yeah how often yeah. do you change guitar strings when you're tracking stuff i don't really change them until i'm about to track like the final guitars for stuff okay. so yeah 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 um just because i don't play guitar so i'm not like 
sweating on it or like doing things on it on a regular. So like my writing process is basically this. If I'm going to write a song, it's going to like happen, you know, right there and then when I'm writing it with a guitar in hand. Yeah. Otherwise, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise I'm probably not writing something that's good. So like, at least in my opinion. So I don't really have like the ability, like a guitar player does to kind of sit there with ideas and, you know, fuck around until something starts to take shape. It's like, no, I usually have like premeditated kind of like things in my head for, as to like how right. I want to riff to sound, for example, you know? Um, so yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's fairly limiting. And that's pro that's like a huge reason why, you know, it takes me ages to write material, but. Well, it's funny. Cause I feel like that could help you with output as well. Cause then you're not just sitting around working on this idea and then being like, ah, nah. yeah, no, that's true, man. I mean, I don't know about you, but like the, the process for weeding out material now is the, I don't know. My bar has just raised over the years. So, so incredibly high. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know how it is. You're constantly trying to outdo yourself on each release. And it's it's never been a competition as far as like other with you and other bands that are putting out music. It's always just been about like my past release. Okay, yeah. my past release, my past release. So I feel like that bar has just risen to like a stupid level of high and Stupid meaning like it just causes me severe anxiety and stuff like whenever I write. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. <laughs> well, just things like, you know, you have like that phase of self-doubt and yeah, you know how it is. But like eventually you get around it and then you, you know, but it's good because it, it helped. It's helped me to like be like, OK, no, that sucks. You should leave that and just come back. Right. You know what I mean, so, so do you write like do you write whole songs and then go nah F this and like throw them out? Or do you just kind of very slowly move forward when you're writing? I have, that used to be my process uh, until the last EP that used to be my process. The last one i really just like sat down and said, all right, if you're going to try and improve, you just need to maybe adopt like a little bit more of like a, a different approach to things just to get in a different headspace. And that one, there were definitely times where I wrote full songs and just trashed them, but there was only like maybe two or three. Interesting. Um, okay. And a lot of those parts, you know, get recycled into like the good stuff of it gets recycled into other songs. Yes. So, yeah. That is so the like realist shit, dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, uh, cause I've already started trying to write for another release, but now I've, I've even like broke it down a little bit further as far as my writing process goes. And I've basically told myself, don't stress out about sitting down with the guitar and trying to write a full song right there. And then yeah. instead, just like, if you have a cool riff, then get the idea out and then don't stress out. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, you're already on top for the night. You don't have to like, you know, go crazy trying to be like, Oh, where's this going to go? Yeah, for Should sure. Write a chorus, you know? So I don't know. What's your process? I think it's like actually pretty similar, which I think is pretty awesome is like, I, I generally will come up with a, a riff and then just sort of actually, no, I guess it's the exact opposite of your process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll come up with a riff and then I'll just kind of sit there and go like, what needs to be next? And right. then like, I just, 
like from this discussion, actually, I kind of want to try just uh, sort of not stopping myself in the future and just going, this is a song and just letting everything roll out and then trash it if I don't like it kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, normally it's it's a little, I don't want to say formulaic, but it is very much like heavy intro riff and then you yes. know, back down verse riff kind of a thing. So See, that's, that's the tough part that I had a lot of trouble breaking out of. Um, and that was my biggest focus on my last release was just like, okay, <clears throat> stop trying to be like going to your normal formula for things. You know, I still did, but yeah. I feel like because I was more like aware of that issue, it definitely helped me to break out and try a couple of different things that I've never done before. So, yeah, I, yeah. uh, I feel like a dingus cause, uh, I have not listened to that yet. <laughs> Dude, it's all good, man. I, we both are like busy as shit and you know, we're all, <laughs> I'm so out of the loop as well, man. So like it's, you know, it's not, yeah. what deal. are you listening to these days? I am listening to that new uh, despised icon song whenever I really? listen to And then past that, it's just like a lot of mainstream rap like Drake and stuff. <laughs> Dude, you 1000% do not strike me as a despised icon guy. I'm not really into like, like I can't really do the whole blast beat stuff for too long, you know, but like that song, just the opening riff is like, it's called Purgatory, and I don't know. It's like it's you know it just rem- the reason why I like that in particular is because just the vibe that it gave off when I first you know heard it yeah a couple weeks ago was it slightly reminded me of old Iron Dissonance. Oh yeah, well they're I think they're like buddies. Yeah, well they both are from like the French part of Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe. I remember I uh <laughs> Montreal maybe. I knew nothing about Despised Icon uh until I was playing like I was playing this show when I was like probably 13 in uh in an old warehouse in Baltimore. It was called the Local High Rise and they okay. had enough money to rent out the space but not enough money for heating. <laughs> Oh boy. And we were playing in February. Oh like, God. It was the coldest day of my whole life. And I straight up mid set a couple of times had to just put my left hand in my pocket. <laughs> Jeez, man. But uh yeah, so there was like oh, I'm trying to remember what they're called now. But there was this like random touring like tech death band and the guy was wearing a despised icon hoodie and I was like, What is that? Oh, okay, I got you. I just heard that song MVP. Yeah. The like stupidly fast one. Yeah, I remember you and uh you and Greg, or at least I remember Greg was like geeking out about that song back in the Yeah, it it was just like over the top fast, like uncomfortable fast, whereas <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, like Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Also big shouts Greg Macklin, my boy. Yeah, I missed that guy, man. Is he is he still doing music stuff or is he just living Yeah, there? last time I talked to him, yeah, which was a couple months ago, but um That's sick. Yeah. So God bless the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that on his shirt and send it to him. 
God bless the man. Oh man. Yeah, but anyways, that what that's what I've been listening to. <laughs> okay. Have you jumped on like the the big gang 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 train that's getting big these days? Gang gang gang. Sorry, I forgot that that I am the only person who uses that phrase in that way. What, what is that? <laughs> uh like the the new wave of metalcore. Um like name a band. Uh, like the Knock Loose and the Varials and the Kublai Khan. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know. I gave, I tried giving some of that a shot, you know, especially when like lifting weights and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I haven't really, uh, no. <laughs> huh. Okay. That's, that's curious to me, actually. So what, what's your late, uh, late lifting, weight lifting music? Um, well, a lot of it is like, ion dissonance and just pretty much ion dissonance (laughs) (laughs) that and like you know slipknot and just kind of old school i guess really interesting yeah i definitely love like pissed off sounding stuff for that kind of stuff so i'm just a sucker for you know just heavy music in general you know like just a really evil i don't know i feel like it takes like a certain mentality, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just like talking out of my ass, but whenever I've tried to write really heavy stuff, you know, I have to like tap into this other part of my brain to like activate like method acting for writing. Yeah. It's almost like this weird, like, (laughs) I don't know. I just can't, I can't just like sit down and write like a stupid heavy riff. Like I need to be in that mentality, you know? I feel that. I definitely feel that. Yeah, so that's kind of why, like, bands like Iron Distance, for example, like, sometimes I listen to that shit, and I'm just like, man, you have to be a little bit twisted in the head to, like, <laughs> think yeah. that, like, oh, this would make a good thing for a song, you know? But there's still so much, like, <laughs> prog stuff happening at the same time. That's what impresses me about them. It's prog, but it's, it's, it's like madness, though. It's, yeah. Because I don't think they're, like, sitting down, like, a nerdy prog kid being like, Oh, this is in Levin something. No, they're just like, this is fucked. (laughs) So we're going to use it, you know? So, so do you, do you fuck with like frontier and stuff too? No, man, I got to get a list of, I, I I know knock loose. I've definitely heard a lot of their stuff and they're sick, super heavy, but I got to get a list of, uh, bands from you. Didn't you just start a project? I feel like I saw you in, post about a band or something that you just started or something. And I remember listening to it and it was heavy. (laughs) It's been, it's been back and forth. I started this project with, do you remember Eric Hendricks? The name sounds really familiar. He was a, he was a big, big vocal boy in the, in the scene a little while ago and he's been chugging along, but he's like a dad and stuff. So it's tough to find the time. Got you, got you. um, We started a little project together called No Heroes, and it was Mm. basically I heard one Kubla Khan song and was like, "All right, I have to do that." Dude, I remember hearing that. I don't, I have, I couldn't even begin to remember what it sounded like, but I just remember being like, "Holy shit, this is heavy!" (laughs) So that's awesome. I'm curious. Do you think there's like a dividing line between angry heavy and evil heavy? Yes, 100%. I think that's a, it's an interesting distinction. 
Yeah, no, for sure, man. I definitely think there is because that that was the madness that I was talking about, you know, like that kind of where you're just like, okay, this is this is kind of like a next level like holy shit that, you know, you kind of have to be a little bit messed up in the head to think of that. Yeah. It's it's like the same for like the, the another good comparison is like um the same for like movies. You know, like when you watch like a crazy like uh like psychological thriller for example right? right or um or like just a murder movie or or i don't know what like if you just watch a fucked movie like the last joker i don't know if you saw that uh not yet no great movie but like i don't know that's a perfect example of like you know being a writer how you have to be i don't know that's pretty i mean i know it's a group of writers but still you you all have to kind of be a little bit twisted in the head at some point to yeah yeah, I definitely i'd I'd see that. Like pretty much anything like uh, like Lars von Trier has done is like you you gotta yeah. have some shit going on. You know, yeah, that, totally. did you ever see that movie Antichrist? No, I just went like as heavy and fucked up as possible, like <laughs> immediately. But it's it's something. It's somewhere between art and uh, and like I need to go like hold a pillow after watching this. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> it's crazy. There's talking foxes and uh, genital mutilation. and. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Jesus, dude. But, yeah, I think, and he was, I guess what I was trying to get with this <laughs> is uh, he was talking about how uh, in the middle of making that movie when he was, like, operating the camera and stuff, he was, like, so depressed he could barely move. Wow. So I, you know, I wonder what, maybe that's the, the kind of stuff that comes out of feeling, feeling like doo-doo in the brain. Yeah, no, for sure, man. <laughs> it's like crazy though, because in the brain. doo-doo in the brain. I, 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 genu- uh, I genuinely think that that kind of stuff is, is really um, in, you know, kind of like a messed up way. Like, I think that kind of stuff is really valuable to artists and writers. Yeah. Um no matter what the kind of art that it is, you know, if it's, if you're uh, in the business of trying to express yourself, right. Right. And I think that kind of stuff is, is pretty valuable as cheesy as it might sound. You know, I'm, I definitely um, try and take advantage of some of that stuff when I can. So, yeah. So, okay. So then where are you with uh, like popular music? Do you think that's also important? Um. Popular music, meaning like literally just like Uh, top 10 billboard kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me at this point, it's kind of just like, I listen to that stuff, but it mainly just the rap side of stuff. I'm not really too much into pop and the other stuff, but like, I think that that kind of stuff has helped me just kind of break away from my, um, it's like music for, it's music that you can listen to that. That's kind of like a break away from music, if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, especially if it's just like a rap song rapping about like rims and like girls and it's super sexist or whatever. That sucks. But <laughs> for me, at the same time, I'm kind of more in it for like, I guess, the beats. I don't I'm not really all that yeah. much into lyrics. Um, yeah. And then also, I guess at a certain point, like those lyrics just kind of become 
uh, rhythm instruments as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of that stuff is incredibly repetitive these days, you know, but I don't know something about just like the entire vibe it gives off. It's, it's a break from, you know, what we do. Uh, cause you know, I mean the genre that we're in, it's, it's super critical. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of, uh, almost even just like effort that goes into. Dude, li- totally listening. man. And like, I think there's a lot of talent to be able to produce that stuff that millions of people listen to. I definitely do. Yeah. I I'm not going to sit here and be like, I mean, there's people that will legitimately be like, Oh, I can do that in my bedroom. I'm like, no, I'm, I don't think you can, but yeah, it's hard, but, man. Writing something is. that appeals to like that massive people. Yeah, exactly. And, but something about like, especially listening to like a rap song, that's just like literally one bass tone an 808 kick and a snare and some dude rapping. Yeah. I will listen to it and be like, Holy shit. Am I just like, Am I going crazy or is that legitimately sound incredibly easy to make? Either way, <laughs> yeah. I like listening to this. It's making me feel good and it's music that I can listen to that doesn't remind me of like, you know, oh, I'm writing in Lydian and fucking 12 yeah. and whatever shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, Dude, writing in Lydian. <laughs> writing in Lydian, yeah. I don't even know. I'm not I'm not a theory guy. So I Yeah, I don't know the first thing about modes other than some of the names of them yeah yeah <laughs> oh man i thought you always knew a lot of theory for some reason i know like intervals ha 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 <laughs> yeah uh but beyond that i i don't really know much for theory like i know a couple of scales and stuff but i have i mean i guess learning modes would be you know a quick five minutes or something but i don't got, got you i don't got time for that shit <laughs> I don't got a quick five minutes, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got to write breakdowns, dog. Yeah, dude. No, I feel you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So i I think uh, I think popular music is is just as important, or like the sort of dumbed down popular music is just as important as ultra think pieces and absolutely. That's yeah, where, yeah. No, totally. It's it's nice to hear like, you know, I don't know, other musicians like say that because I feel like a lot of like diehard metal fans sometimes just like rule that side of music yeah. out completely, you know? Yeah, for sure. But well, I think especially in the in the prog world. Yeah, and it goes both ways too. I mean, like you if you take your average person who listens to nothing but Taylor Swift and then you you saw that thing about Tool recently. <laughs> Uh, wasn't it, they were like, we hate that you listen to us or something or no, there was like a bunch of Taylor Swift fans that were just like some band tool is, is like out doing Taylor Swift and stuff. And then all these tool fans came out being like, um, it's not just some band, you know, but like, that's a perfect example. That happened with Paul McCartney, I think recent or like a couple (laughs) of years back, it was like Kanye and, and Paul McCartney or Drake maybe. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And people were like, yo, whoever this Paul McCartney is, like, he's about to get big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what the, literally the same thing just happened between Taylor Swift and Tool. That's so. amazing. Oh, man. And yeah. Ozzy, I think, too. Yes. Who was yeah. it? It was Bieber, I think, or something. I don't know. But so, it was, again, it was like a tweet or something that was like, man, this Ozzy Osbourne guy is about to blow up. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> damn 
But I love that, man. It's crazy to think. It's crazy to think about what people are gonna grow up not knowing. And now I feel I know, like right? an old man saying that, but like <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. It's weird to think about rewind does not mean at all what it originally meant. Yeah. <laughs> and like we're gonna reach a point in a couple years where it's just go back and go forward. Yeah, I mean, it's great, especially in the music industry. I mean, given how, you know, especially you and I are have to adapt to just how times have changed with, you know, even being able to like advertise our music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely crazy. I mean, dude, like I remember a few years ago, like I could post a picture of, you know, something just dumb. Right. And it would get like our, our, our band would take like a meme and post it and it would get a shit ton of likes. And yeah. now it's like, you have to pay to get those likes. <laughs> yeah. It's wild, man. <laughs> it really sucks. But, um, yeah. Do you, so do you pay for like marketing for your, yourself or your brand or that sort of thing? Yes, I do. Um, I try and be as, you know, uh, I guess, business savvy about it as I can, you know, like if I, I mean, for example, you know, if I, uh, like I put a whole bunch of TCIs up and stuff like earlier this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the things was like, all right, well, if I get one or two sales on that, that'll cover an X amount of ad promotion. So that's good enough for me, you know, so that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's definitely tough though. I, I don't really promote on Instagram. I've never promoted on Instagram actually. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am confused by that. <laughs> why, yeah. why, why do you not promote on Instagram? Uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't had the need to, but I think also I've never done it and I don't really know enough about it to just jump into doing it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done it to be honest. Um, I feel that, but uh yeah i don't know i mean maybe i should pick your brain about that at some point do you post on igtv by the way no <laughs> no i mean so i've i've done a, a couple and i sort of go uh, i guess in and out on it sometimes but it doesn't okay. it doesn't really seem to do much okay gotcha because i know there's like a certain video format like for it to work properly and it, it looks kind of like a pain in the ass to like yeah um, I guess my recommendation is if you're looking to do IGTV, I would, uh, look into TikTok. TikTok. Okay. Which is, uh, I guess, yeah, here's, here's the secret everybody. I'm, I'm putting it out right now. Um, tic- I've seen you post about this recently, dude. It's wild. TikTok is like legit organic growth. Good old days. Facebook stuff. Huh? Okay. I uh so I made a TikTok da, 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 I think 4 days ago. Okay. And I've got 2000 followers and I only had uh, I think like 6 active friends or something on TikTok. Okay. So it was entirely out of discovery. Oh, that's cool. And like I don't know how like how do your videos do on Instagram generally? Um, it honestly varies. It completely varies. Um, it's, 
you, I mean, I don't know what it is, man. I can look at insights and all of that information and stuff. And I still just cannot figure out like the best time of day to post the best time of week to post. Yeah. Is there like a season to post? I don't fucking know. So I, I've just kind of come to the point where I'm like, okay, well maybe don't stress out so much about that and just post what you want to post. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I guess it's maybe just ignorance, but at the same time, I'm also just like, well, whoever wants to see it is going to see it as simple yeah. as that. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, Instagram's so, organic reach is like full on dead. Like it's, it's gone. It seems that way. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, they're only showing your posts to a certain percentage of your followers and stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it looks, yeah, it looks like you views versus followers are getting just about as much as Instagram wants you to. Are you looking at it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hit, I hit the exact same situation like a month or two ago where I was like, I was essentially up all night, just like, Oh my God, when do I post in the right time? And, and then I was just like, cool, it's just not going to work out. And like, Unless I hire a social media manager, like, I can't, like, kill myself over this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's 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 pretty shitty because it's, you know, I mean, it's marketing these days, right? Like, social media, yeah, originally a way for people to just connect and share photos and a little bit of insight into their lives has just become this new, like, revolution of marketing, you know? And yeah. um, it, it sucks for... It doesn't suck. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's definitely a great tool, but it's crazy how you've kind of have to you kind of have to become like a marketing specialist overnight. Yeah, you know, straight up. Yeah, um, and that's what that's the part that sucks, and that a lot of people maybe don't understand about social media. Um, you know, especially if it's just for like a user profile. Uh, and I feel like you and I, for example, like we post on Instagram. Let's take Instagram, right? Yeah. Everything is music related for the most part. We might post a picture of, I don't know, like if we go somewhere with our wife, girlfriend, whatever it is, or, you know, a, a pet or whatever it is, right? Yeah. There might yeah. be those little insights into our life. But when it comes down to it, that in a sense is like our resume as well. You yes. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy to think that like a company uh, pretty much just has full-on control as to how many people see it, don't see it based on how much money you pay them. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's almost like a subscription service for like getting work. Uh, but I don't know. I make it sound way worse than that it actually, actually is. That's a, that's a good way to put that. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, like I just said, I make it sound way worse than it is because I, I'm very thankful to it. I've got, I still continue to get work because of social media. Right. So that's great. But um, it's tough for like up and coming musicians and, and people who want to do video stuff and whatnot, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I hit that video thing at the very end because, you know, I, there were, I feel like there were already so many people doing video, like video content that it was you, already starting you think to, so? I, are you, I do. Are you referring to Instagram or YouTube at this point? Kind of both because 
I feel like I started focusing more on posting videos onto Instagram to help promote the YouTube because that was also going down. Right, right. You know, uh, it's just all linked, I guess, right? But yeah, I don't know. That's how I feel, but maybe I'm wrong. I And when I say that, I make it sound as if like, oh, I'm some big YouTube guy. I'm not by any means, but like, I don't know, man. You've you've you smacked it on YouTube. Like you're think one so, of man. the first guys in there and like you've definitely got your name made for you and Yeah, I guess I guess yeah. I mean from that per- yeah, from someone else, yeah, I guess so. I don't know what I'm trying to say now, but cuz I I realized the other day I was uh I think you were on that the uh, the downbeat with Craig, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was listening to that, and I was like, "Holy shit, man!" Like a noop has not toured a lot of times. Yeah, and that, I and guess that's so. really impressive to me that you've ended up with the work that you have, and uh, you know, working with the the level of musician. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, it's weird because I feel like I have toured a lot, but like not a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I definitely did stuff with Intervals and and uh, Jeff Loomis, right? But like, I don't know, I guess there was just like three or four years of my life where like I, I was like super dedicated to that. Yeah. And it felt like a lot, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've also been busy outside of that just trying to promote myself outside like i didn't want to just be known for like the guy who plays in this band or the guy who plays in that band i wanted to be like no rather promote myself you know so okay yeah so you are trying to do like the personal brand kind of thing yeah uh pretty much you know uh i think that's smart uh guitar players are doing it these days like take um yeah you know i mean take like all of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know like that's and it's smart i get it um you know like uh with intervals for example you know like not to bring up a sour subject but it makes sense why you know you would want to maybe focus on being your own uh thing you know what i mean um and from a business standpoint too like you know those guys pliny nick johnson all those guys they can say yes to a tour and just find the musicians to hire for that tour. It, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um, well, I think th- the thing also I think that isn't really covered, and I guess sort of in touring bands in general, is like you need to have money already. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to really have money already. Yeah. Because like, man. <laughs> renting a van dog Ooh. dude renting a van and like things like you know even uh purchasing i mean if you want to have merchandise right yeah uh that's easily thousand two thousand three thousand dollars worth of whatever yep um and then you're basically going into debt hopefully assuming that you're going to make that back right yeah, yeah so absolutely. um it's 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 exactly i mean it's it's a business essentially right um and you're right, man. You need to have some kind of like financial foundation before going out. It's it's brutal, but yeah, I think that's, that's part- something a lot of people kind of overlook. Like a sort of, I don't want to say non musicians, but you know, it, consumers of music 
Right. Don't understand. Like, you can't just like throw up your hands and go like, I'm on tour. And, you know. Yeah, no, totally, man. I actually remember um, I was on tour with Monuments and it was, I believe, in Salt Lake City. And, dude, I remember having this conversation with this guy in, in a bar, in the like venue at the bar. And uh, we were having drinks and it was all awesome. We were having just a conversation, you know, and he was like, your set was great, blah, blah, blah. You guys were awesome, whatever. And uh, he started asking me about touring and like the conditions and stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, we got to head out soon because we have like a seven hour drive or something like that. And so we can't hang out too long. And, you know, I think I have the morning. So I was just telling him about tour, right? Yeah. And I guess I didn't mean to, but I guess I made it sound a little bit like, tough or maybe I didn't make it sound tough. I was just being real. Yeah. And he took it as me saying like, as if I was complaining. Right. But uh, I, yeah. I wasn't really complaining. I was just saying how it was. <laughs> and like he, he kind of, he didn't get offended or anything. It was a, a very like pleasant conversation, but I remember him saying something like, well, you know, I guess, you going on tour, you kind of owe it to your fans, you know, like, I guess you kind of owe it to us because, you know, we pay for this, we pay for that. And in my head, I didn't say anything to him when he said that. But in my head, I was kind of just like, I don't think you really get it, man. Like, if you buy a shirt at the show tonight, then you're helping us with the gas money and maybe paying back any label debt or maybe going towards the rental for the van that we might be in debt for or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you digitally download our music, chances are, uh, it's, if it's on a label, we're not going to see any of that, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know? So like, I don't, Yeah. in my head, I was kind of just like, I don't know what to tell this guy. I'm just going to continue having drinks with him and enjoy the night, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I I think that's overlooked as well too, is like, I think a lot of people assume it's like one-to-one, with uh, monies, <laughs> yeah, monies, monies, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Or it's like I buy this CD and you get the whole ten dollars, not anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you, absolutely. You must be rich. <laughs> yeah, dude. And again, I mean, I, I, I don't want to complain about this stuff, you know, because it's, it's definitely. I feel like if you're gonna tour, it's one of those things where you just want to do it, right? I mean, that's why I did it. I just yeah. wanted to go on tour. It was fun. Um, you know what, dude? I say fuck that. You're allowed to complain. Shit's allowed to be hard, even though <laughs> it's not as hard as other people's. Yeah, fair enough. You know, everybody's got their own struggle, despite it might be less struggle than somebody else's, but that's what compassion is about. Yeah, 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 okay. There's my my little rant about <laughs> loving everybody. Well, the nice thing about all of that is it forces you to become like a bit of an entrepreneur in a sense. And it forces you to learn thing, you know, things about things that you didn't know before. Yeah. Um, and that's cool, you know, so. Yeah, it forces you to uh, definitely have better memory, I think, is like one of the number ones. Yeah, totally. Um, I think also because of it, I... I'm still not anywhere near as good with money as I, I wish I was. But at the same time, uh, from going out on tour and not making like any money, it's helped me realize like where I do want to be in life. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I also think, I don't, I don't know. I think it's important to try and, uh, 
I guess like be mindful of, of the situation you're in. Cause it's really easy to sort of just look at like stuff that isn't working and have that color your whole picture of absolutely of yeah. where you are. So I like to sort of every once in a while, I just kind of sit down and I go like, you know, my feet are on the ground and I have a roof over my head and I'm drinking this cold brew and hanging out with some friends. And like, that's, you know, it's that's, not so bad. <laughs> it's a great life. Yeah, no, totally, man. Couldn't agree more. I've definitely had numerous realizations like that over the past few years as well, you know? So I think because I've had, the, I've had those realizations, that's also made me more of a homebody because it's like, oh man, I like house. Yes, you know? dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so That's, John Mulaney has this like bit about how it's like uh, one of the beginnings of his comedy albums. He's like, thanks everybody for uh, coming out tonight. Cause it's so much easier to just not do things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so true, dude. It is so true. Yeah, absolutely. I love John Mulaney, man. He is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Have you seen uh, that show big mouth? I've seen a little bit of it. Oh, man. I love that show. I need to watch the season that just came out, but he's in it and I love his character in it. Yeah. So I've seen, I, I want to say like three episodes from the, the newest season or something. Dude, it's great. Puberty Monsters. Yeah. It's <laughs> wild, man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, yeah. And I appreciate John Mulaney can do comedy that doesn't like, punch down i guess because it feels so? like a lot of comedians these days are just kind of like did you see that meme that was going around that's like boomer comedian is just like i hate my phone and my wife and phone oh, and yeah. my kids use phone <laughs> yeah i got you and it's just like a lot of comedians just kind of go like, you know, you know about this thing that sucks. I hate it because it sucks, and nobody yeah. realizes how much it sucks. And you know that kind of thing. But John Mulaney's just telling good ass jokes. Yeah, no, that's true. I definitely like his style for sure. Good, clean, fun. Good, clean, fun. Sometimes <laughs> clean. Well, yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, do you still use uh, huge drumsticks? no are you serious yeah i mean i do but like they're not marching sticks man Jesus. oh man alex uh rooting he was over here the other day actually um and i remember he we were upstairs and like on a practice pad i had a set of uh vic firth magnums which are just like those are the ones right those are well i think they have a bigger one now called hammers i believe oh are, they're like the same weight maybe bigger in length but like Longer in length. Anyways, uh, I remember job, Alex, man. and I still use those on a practice pad just because they're good, like, they, they have weight, so it's a good, you know, burn. But uh, Alex picked them up, and he was like, can you believe we used to use these on a drum kit? And I was like, no, <laughs> I cannot believe that, you know? I guess just for, I want to say for reference for, for people listening in, Anoop used to use, uh, <laughs> like, marching, marching drum sticks, and they yeah. were like... Like imagine the biggest industrial sharpie you've ever seen, and it's like <laughs> that, but three times as long. <laughs> Dude, oh, it's so absurd. The moment I knew I 
needed to like reevaluate my decisions was when I was playing with Jeff Loomis. Okay, I was pulling double duty on a tour. Chimp Spanner followed by Jeff Loomis. Wait, Chimpy was touring? Yeah, in the States. It was actually one of the contortionist first headlining run. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) And um, I was, yeah, so it was uh, 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 Seven Horns, Seven Eyes. That was the opening band. Oh, whoa. Followed by Chimp Spanner. Jeff Loomis, and then Contortionist. So I was playing dude, about a 40-minute set, 45-minute set. special. Yeah, dude. So I was playing <laughs> like 45 minutes with Jeff Loomis, just about maybe, and like 25 minutes with Chimp Spanner, but I didn't get off stage. And I remember, I forget what venue it was, but I remember playing, and we were doing like the Loomis set, and I'm hitting my crash on the right side. Then all of a sudden, my crash just falls off the stand. <laughs> And I'm like, well, that's not good because that's, you know, I'm not ambidextrous and I don't really like leading all that much on my left side for all this shit. So, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, of course, the obvious decision was to start going over to my China more, right? And then my China fell down. <laughs> and basically, by the last song, dude, I had a stack, I had a ride, I had a left crash, and I had a hi hat. And I afterwards was like, what the fuck happened, you know? And I look at the stand and basically the actual piece on the top swivel part, the like tiny last piece of the actual part part of the stand on both of them right. just broke. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. So like, I was just like, holy fucking shit. You got to be kidding me. Like, you know, these sticks are really causing some damage past just like symbols, you know? I mean, yeah, you hit hard, man. Like you are I hit a, pretty hard, yeah. A strong boy. <laughs> That's very impressive, man. Yeah, Have I don't know. Have you ever like straight up like bent snare drum rims and shit? Yeah, I've broken. I've broken a lot of on my Pearl reference. I broke so many lugs; they just snapped off. And then I broke a couple hoops. I've broken tension rods. I've broken. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. Do you ever do you ever end up with like wrist problems and stuff from like the ultra 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 sticks? Luckily, no. Um, I think that's because when I was doing that stuff, I was so dedicated to like warming up and really like super dedicated just at like improving. Around the time that you and I met, I, that that was kind of like when I was going through that like phase of just like, oh my god, I really need to improve. I really need to work on these things. So I was. I was playing very regularly doing certain drills and stuff like that and okay yeah practicing yeah. things like very regularly that like you know whenever I would rehearse like a Loomis set for example uh I was pretty much trying to hit just as hard as I would be live just so like when I got up on stage it wasn't like a shock you know right um I've definitely lost a little bit of that but yeah, I was I was kind of just at that young spongy kind of if that makes sense. Spongy. Spongy. So Are you uh are you one of those uh drummers that like transcribes everything or do you just no. kind of feel them? No, I definitely just learn by ear. If I have to write something out, then I'll just program it. I don't I can't stand Guitar Pro. Um so Dude, just, it's the hardest thing to use. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah, there's been 
there's been a couple of people who have sent me guitar profiles for like songs they want me to play on. And I just, I haven't even opened them up and I'll just email them back and be like, listen, just wait till you've recorded. Like, even if it's a shitty demo, that's fine. I'd much rather listen to that than guitar pro. Yeah. Um, just because it absolutely kills my vibe on anything. Yeah, for uh, sure, man. So there goes our chances at endorsements with Guitar Pro. Huh? <laughs> well, I still I still end up using Guitar Pro a lot, but oh yeah, it's just so that I can uh, open the Guitar Profile and bounce it down to MIDI. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> do you do you sell like transcriptions and stuff for your for your material? Uh, no, because Guitar Pro is so hard to use. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I I, got you. I do plan on doing tabs and stuff. I just. I'm going to have to pay somebody to do it. And that's money. <laughs> Dude. Um, look into sheet happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the works of trying to, uh, do like a drum thing with them for my last EP. And, uh, you know, I, I won't go into much detail about like contracts and stuff, but, um, it's, it's, uh, Matt HK. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Dude. He is such an awesome guy. And, uh, yeah, he's who I'm working with for that stuff. And they're very like, they're doing some cool stuff because it takes a lot of pressure off of the musician. Um, and of course that's reflected in, you know, the deal, but at the same time, you're not going to be like pulling your hair out, trying to transcribe your material and all this stuff, you know, it's, it's really cool. So look into it. Oh, so they do the transcribing. They do pretty much all of the work for you. Um, yeah, anything past that is is really just a matter of how much promotion you want to put into it. I don't know. I'm still in the baby stages of mine. Uh, like they just sent me transcriptions a few weeks ago to approve. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Wowzers trousers, my man. Wowzers trousers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I I I had a little bit more about drum midi stuff oh yeah uh what what was it? do you so do you midi out your drums when you go to write them for the first time or yeah usually um for my own stuff and for session work uh depending on budget obviously for that stuff but usually i will write parts from scratch uh and program them uh and then it usually ends up changing when I actually track it, but not by much, you know? Right. Right. Um, I might tend to program something in the moment and then realize on the kit, like, well, that's not the most comfortable thing to do, you know? Yeah. So just little stuff like that. Um, but I'd say 80 to 90% of it, I pretty much record as I program. So for session stuff, do you generally kind of, do you end up writing drums yourself or is it kind of like, you know, I, I will put my own fill into this do do that do 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 that. Again, it, it really depends on a, on a bunch of variables, you know, uh, budget being the main one just because, ah, that's smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, just because, you know, I have to take into account any time that I'm going to be putting into writing parts from scratch for like a five minute progressive metal song. On top of that, I give, the artist, band, whoever it is, uh, you know, pretty much as many revisions as they want if I'm writing my parts. So that way they're like, because, you know, I get it that it's their music too. And, uh, you know, if I was 
outsourcing an instrument to someone, I'd want to make sure that like, you know, I'm get, I'm like 100% happy if this is going on my release. Right. 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 So I kind of try and have the same mentality towards it. Um, and a lot of times why I hope that the artist has enough budget for that is because it prevents a lot of like, uh, commitment issues later when I actually go to track the drums because you know what I mean? Like we've worked on it back and forth, writing the parts. Um, so yeah. And the other thing too, is like a lot of times, sometimes they just want me to play what they've already put on their demos, but maybe like make it drum friendly. Right. And yeah. So like, you know, some of the things that I've had to learn, uh, by doing it is like, okay, well not every song is like an opportunity for me to show what I can do on a drum kit. Yeah. 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 So like, this is someone else's like brainchild. So I need to, yeah. And I guess that also sometimes gets you into situations where you play what they wanted you to play. And then they're like, well, this is dumb. And you're like, well, I, I did, I did, did what yeah. you wanted. <laughs> like that drives me crazy with production and, and stuff. Where Dude, you do a lot of that work, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know how you do it, man. I to be honest, I stay away from production stuff because it's dangerous. Really? Do you and you mean production <laughs> as in like writing and stuff? Yes, for other people, yeah. Any production work I try and stay away from. So Really? Yeah, I I just want to either engineer drums or mix. Okay. So that's pretty much. uh, How come? (laughs) Well, I mean, and I don't know, maybe I'm talking from lack of experience because again, I feel like you do way more production stuff than I do. But like for me, it's always a terrifying factor of like, okay, how do you like, I I don't really have the ability to be able to take on someone else's music and treat it as if it's my own, if that makes sense, you know? Okay. Um, especially if the artist is uh, not really willing to go down that route. Right. Because I do feel like a lot of bands don't necessarily have that uh, understanding of what producing really means, you know? You'll get an email saying, hey, will you produce five songs for me? And what they really mean is mix and master. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting distinction that sort of doesn't. Yeah. So like, and and, you know, when it comes to production, I actually dealt with a band like this uh, a couple years ago and it, it really sucked because I think they had an expectation. What I charged them was, was really just for mixing and mastering, but I told them, yes, if possible, I will try and help out with some production elements and, and do my best. Right. Right. But what it, it, it ended up being was I think their expectation when I told them I would be involved with the production process, their expectations for it was way past what you were going to be writing extra stuff and yeah, exactly, structuring you know? and yeah. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things where like, you know, I would send them a song, for example, and they would listen back to it and be like, well, where's your, where's your stuff? And I'm like, well, I didn't really think it was necessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm not just going to put something over this for the sake of putting something over it, you know, like that's, that's also part I, of producing. Yeah. I was about to say, I think that's also an important part of production. Yeah. So I don't know, just that's kind of why I stay away from it just because I don't, I don't really feel comfortable being put in that situation all that much. But yeah, I don't know, you do it a lot. It's not right? fun to I I just worked with a band where for the first time 
in my recording history. Uh, they were like, all right, we're going to work on this one now. And I opened it up and I was like, guys, delete this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was like, Oh man, I wanted to take a shower as I was saying it, but they were just like, nah, dude, that's why, (laughs) that's why we're here. See, that's good though. That sounds like it was a healthy, like, yeah, you know, that communication was there and that's good. I think, I mean, I don't know, man, maybe more discussion and, and you'd end up really enjoying doing some production for people just as long as it's actually like, uh, discussed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I've, there's a couple bands, local bands that I've worked with that I, I've kind of like planted the seed a little bit just because I personally would really love to work with them on a more like, you know, uh, dive into their songs a little bit more just because I, I love working with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe that opportunity will come up in the future, but I'm also okay to just, uh, mix and engineer drums. (laughs) I feel that dude. So I generally find it's, it's best if you're trying to do sort of production moves to just, you just kind of slip them in. Yeah. And then uh, like enough times when it works, then it's it's not really like a oh I don't know. It's just kind of like a yeah I trust you and you know. Yeah, totally. No, that's a good point. But it is. I mean, it's like it's pretty fucking uncomfortable being like, hey, I think we should change this thing, and that's Dude, just totally. kind of part of the job, I think. Yeah, it's it's really uncomfortable, to, um, you know, and it's it's also tough too when there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you especially if you have like a like a drummer or a vocalist that's coming around and being like, Oh, but I'm really attached to that part because that's how we've been playing it forever. And you're like, well, cool, but (laughs) it could, you know, it can be stronger. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's tough, but I don't know. I guess I use my own material kind of as practice for that kind of stuff for when, you know, I am put into the situation and I am working with the band. I, I can like, you know, I have some ideas, so right but yeah so how often are you like working with uh like bands engineering them and stuff um it's been pretty busy this year man it's 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 pretty cool Uh, and you know i've i've also been trying to dedicate time for like my own endeavors as well yeah Uh, because at this point i i feel like that's just as uh, important with what i'm trying to just accomplish and um I don't know, like this summer it was, you know, I worked with, uh, I, I mixed another scale record earlier, early summer. And then I did a couple local bands that, uh, I just finished up one of them and we still have to do, you know, some small touch ups to another one. And then nice. trying to think there's a couple others, just random work, like, you know, doing like a drum video for a drummer. Oh, um, okay. So you've been doing that more. Yeah, just, you know, really just anything that if it's involving like drum engineering, then I'm pretty much 100% on board. You know, the band exists. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Brody, dude. Awesome drummer. Um, Oh, sick. Yeah. He, you know, over the summer they came in and booked about a week and we tracked, uh, I forget how many songs, but it was a lot of material. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then there's another guitar player from... 
uh, Hong Kong, Jason Coy. I'm not familiar. I guess. No, he's awesome too, man. He's great artist, uh, huge dream theater fan, but he basically, uh, I played drums on his last release and he got me to play drums on this release as well, but also mix it. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so I don't know, just a bunch of stuff. And there's like session work here and there that's trickled in, you know, a couple songs here, a couple songs there. Yeah. So, so you've, you've been hella busy, man. Trying. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel that. Trying, man. I don't know about you, but I've definitely, I hit points where I'm just like, okay, I got to start saying no to stuff because, you know, I just need like my time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. I also like, I kind of, I think, realize and then forget that like making my own album will also make me money. Yes. That's what I was talking about earlier where I've come to that point where I've realized that my own endeavors are just as important, if not more, you know? Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, you you kind of forget because it's like, you know, this is my thing or whatever, but you you make money off of that. So Yeah, absolutely, man. And there's so many things that you can do off of one release that I'm just now starting to explore with this last EP that I just put out, you know, like yeah, things yeah. like uh, like the transcriptions, for example, or, you know, all of the video content that's you know, they're like for the drum playthroughs, lyric videos, whatever it is. Right. And then you have, I mean, you know, if you put out a drum playthrough for that stuff, you have your streams on Spotify for that song, but then now you also have that stream on YouTube, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's depending on how you're publishing your stuff, that's earning you royalties for it. And, uh, I don't know, there's just a bunch of stuff, uh, that I think is definitely worth for, you know, both of us, exploring yeah that's a that's a very good point man but shit i lost my next question i was on a great great train there and i, I lost it. <laughs> oh man i really gotta pee dude that's uh that's cool let's let's do it yeah is that <laughs> thing yeah i'm I'll down like, dude Dude, I I also took a little pee break there, so nice. Uh, <laughs> There's just like a moment of silence in the Pro Tools audio. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude. So, uh, how does it feel to to be one of the OG uh, Gent boys? <laughs> Is that you know I, I had to do it. You know I had to. Am I an OG Gent boy? Yeah, dude. Uh, OGDB. OGDB. You yeah. down with OGDB? <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I got I did like a thing for a Japanese website. Uh, I think like earlier this year it was like an interview and um, that one of the questions was like, how does it, I forget what, what exactly it was, but it said something along the lines of like this, uh, how the gent scene dying, I guess. Dude, that was going to be my next question. Okay. <laughs> what was the question? So, well, no, I was, you know, I think it's interesting that 
I guess you just sort of accidentally ended up being one of the the OGDBs. <laughs> I don't think I did it on purpose, though. I don't think I like said to myself one like I didn't wake up, open my eyes in bed one day, and just be like, "Jet," you know. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where I just kind of like finding your music actually. Um, yours <laughs> intervals sky harbors those are like some of the first few along with periphery and animals as leaders and all those bands of course but you know that kind of stuff was like i mean the reason why i made videos for like your material early on was because i genuinely enjoyed it and was just like whoa this is really cool you know like a really neat branch of progressive metal that's oh, kind yeah, of dude. how i always thought about it um i never really thought about it as gent per se just kind of like a little um little tiny thing in the umbrella of progressive metal, you know? Do you think it's like similar to like hipsters where like <laughs> if you call it, if you call it and you're trying to be gent, then you're not gent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, that's totally hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you th- I mean, but like, you know, I, most of those big bands are not, not only like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't think like I was never trying to be a gent band, but like on top of that, they're like, no, I never was. And I don't want it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I never found the point in, in like saying yes, gent or no gent, you know, it was just kind of like, well, I'm just kind of writing metal and this is what's happened. This, this is what came out, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That's kind of always been the approach, but it sucks because it's like when, for me personally, like those kinds of grooves and, and riffs, I love. I've just always been such a sucker for them. So like that's fallen under the category of gent. But if that word never existed, it would also just still be, you know, progressive metal. Right. So I guess I'm just trying to that's say that. True. I don't know. Yeah. Just been doing it for the sake of doing it, not necessarily trying to be like gent. How do you feel about, uh, Pretty much all the all the big boys, the hard hitters, the uh, uh, the the never quitters, other <laughs> like other who? rhyming things. Uh, I guess like the 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 peripheries and the intervals and the polyphias and like kind of just most of, most of the main influencing bands seem to be sort of and like Veil vale of Maya seem to be kind of stepping in a in a different direction. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's I think uh if if anything, I don't I'm not really assuming that they're actively making the decision to not be gent anymore. I think they're just evolving just like you and I are with uh, you know, our instruments, what we want to write, what we want to listen to, just you know, it's a constant uh self growth if that makes sense. So I think I don't know, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that a lot of that is just coming from organic roots you know right um that those bands and artists just want to do those things for the sake of growing so do you, do you think the the gent riff is dead anoop <laughs> uh, i don't even know how to answer that <laughs> uh no you don't have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, dude. Okay, so 
we were talking about you making making drum videos and stuff. Yeah. What made you do the first drum video? Um it was my it was Alex uh Rudinger actually. Uh Really? Pretty much for the most part. You know, I saw him he was already he already had several videos up and that was when he was like you know, just a freak of nature, didn't want to do anything but play drums, graduated high school early for the sake of just staying in his basement and getting stupidly fast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, yeah, you know, he had posted all these like ordinance videos and for anybody who does listen this far into this podcast, check out ordinance because it's some ridiculous yes. tech metal uh, that I personally think should have, you know, probably been huge but whatever um, dude i i still feel like a a big a big loser because i haven't listened to their not <laughs> it's not even new but their newest album yeah dude dude some of that material is insane it's just like i don't know anyways well it's uh, a straight up like super group man like it is it really was and the thing is that like they could get up on a stage and actually do it and do yeah, it well and they know? did they did exactly, you know, and like that. I don't know. Part of it was scary, but at the same time, it's just like, all right, that's that's good to know that there's like, you know, extreme metal musicians that are really dedicated to that craft of, you know, yeah, getting up and sounding quantized as fuck and whatever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, so you know, he had a few videos up, and I kind of just said, well, fuck it, I'm gonna give it a shot and see what happens, you know. So, yeah. Periphery, new groove. I remember that was my first video ever. And I don't even play it that well. I missed so much, so many little details and stuff. I missed, but that fucking song is so sick. Yeah, it's one of my favorite tracks. Still. I remember the first time seeing that in studio or, or whatever. And Misha's doing the little Floyd Rose bend. Oh yeah, Matt uh, and Matt's on the kit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I just like I shot through the floor. I was just like, "What is this? How? Oh yeah, my same, god!" Dude. Yeah. I remember I was working as a network administrator intern at uh, a company in uh, Germantown, and I I basically just like put together PCs for people to use at this place for whatever task, whether it was the software engineering department, whatever it was. Right. Oh, nice. Okay. And I was basically in this like cold ass server room and there were like workbenches, white walls and tile, white tiles, like that kind of just very like uh, non-imaginative, like not creative at all. Just yeah. horrible. And it was ridiculously cold uh, just to keep all the servers cool and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, so like, uh, and I'm just putting together PCs and stuff. And I remember watching these videos and like even the first Animals as Leaders album, I remember hearing that for the first time there. And just, I don't know, all that stuff was just kind of like sensory overload because it was like, holy shit, these guys are like aliens. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, like, you know, and then I remember seeing Periphery actually for the first time at uh, the 2009 Thrash and Burn when it came through Baltimore. Yeah. Back at... um. Oh, what was that venue called? Sonar, I think. Sonar, right? dude. Yeah. Rip. The big stage. And I remember going to the front for Periphery set and just like, I had no idea really who they were at that point, you know? Yeah. And this fucking 
tall, lanky-ass white dude coming on stage with a, all these cracked-ass cymbals, a floor tom, a kick, and a <laughs> snare. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like this is a metal band, you know, here we go. And they played like things like Icarus Lives, Totlamad, all that stuff. And yeah. the crowd is like jumping and shit. And, you know, it was, I, I remember just like being mesmerized. So... Did they they had Matt at that point, right? Yeah, that was Matt. I just described Matt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he is a, a tall, lanky boy. Yeah, but he it was just hilarious because he just comes on stage with like this haggard drum kit, you know, and just like <laughs> owns the shit out of it. You Baltimore, know? baby, dude, he just owns it like completely. Just and yeah, it was super impressive. So he's a sick drummer, dude. Yeah, I love Matt. It's awesome. He's also a, a really sweet dude. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I have a lot of respect for those guys just because, I don't know, you know, the, the taking periphery to where they've taken it first off. And yeah. then second off, just, you know, what they've done with uh, going back to that entrepreneur type yeah. mindset. You yeah, know? that's wild, man. It's just really cool to see uh, like that group of people in, in a progressive world and how it all grew and where they are today. It's 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 nice, so... Yeah, fucking Grammy noms and shit. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. It's really sick. God bless. Yeah. God bless. So, dude, listen. What happened to the red shirt? The hockey jersey. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh you don't I know? Still, I still wear it pretty regularly when I go to the gym and stuff. But There's yeah. more than one, isn't there? Um, No, now it's down to the one. Oh, no. Yeah. It's Dude, weird, too. I, I wonder like, if, you, if like it's possible to find more. I don't know, man. I really don't think. Maybe. Shout out, Skate Frederick. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you should fucking edit the logo on that and sell that shit as merch. I've thought about making hockey jerseys, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Dude, like the Anoop red, red jersey. It's a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, I'm straight up not even kidding. Like that would be fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You like accidentally worked that into your brand. Which yeah, I think by the is, way, do you sell merch? You sell merch, right? I do. Yeah. What do you use? Um, so I used We Need Merch. Okay. For, Is that a print on demand or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or no, not it's uh, it's like a, a merch company, like full on merch company. It's okay. One of, one of the dudes from All Shall Perish, and somebody else, and they're they're sick. Cool. But I I just set up a. Uh, oh, it's called Printful. Okay, I've heard of that. And I haven't I haven't tried or used it yet, but the idea is that uh when somebody orders something, they print and ship it on demand, like they print that shirt. That's pretty know, cool. Or, or that piece of merch and then they ship it. So basically obviously they take more of a cut than usual, which is rough, but there's no effort that you have to do other than hosting the the store 
And uh, you don't have to hold a bunch of inventory, which is also very, very cool. That is really cool. So, yeah, there's an inadvertent <laughs> promo. How do you, how do you like printful? How do you like advertise your stuff? Do you, are you pretty uh, frequent about advertising your merch and stuff? Like, does it do decent or what? It's, uh, it's okay. Um, the, the physical stuff I'd say is like not particularly impressive. Okay. Uh, but I also like, I do not push it as a business. Like I just kind of every once in a while I, I make a post that's like, Hey, by the way, I have shirts if you want one. I got you. Okay. That makes sense. That being said, I sell uh, Superior Drummer presets. I saw that in like a Reaper template or something, right? Yeah. And that thing is a wonderful source of profit. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's really cool. But I'm also just stoked about it in general. Like, So the whole idea is all you have to do is download these free plugins and have an interface. And then you have this pre-mixed template. So you just record stuff into it and boom, bam, boom, you have right professional mixed stuff. So it makes things faster if you're just trying to write. And it also essentially does mixing work for you if you want to put stuff out. So it. Damn, that's really cool. I'm what do you use stoked. for drums? Uh, there's a, a drum kit that I found from my buddy who's a vocalist in Cognitive. Shout out, Cognitive. Um, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it's called MT Power Drum Kit. MT Power Drum Kit, okay. Or MT Power Drum Kit 2. And uh, it's it's pretty good. Cool. I think my only complaint is like all of the... The uh, reverb is baked into the same tracks as the close mics. Oh, okay. Is it, but is still, it, it's like it's a pretty friggin' legit drum sampler. Is it a contact instrument? No, it's a plugin, standalone yeah. plugin. That's really cool. Yeah, and that's that's another reason why I was super excited because there's no contact player involved or anything right, like that. Yeah. So contact I think, player sucks, man. Dude. <laughs> I've I actually have not used it. I just have a really old version of Contact. Yeah, I love Native Instruments, but man, Contact is and Contact Player is brutal. You uh, you've been dealing with that for a, a thing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Alex and I are trying to make a, a well, not trying to. It's being made right now. Uh, a drum instrument. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was trying to. Say that vaguely in case you didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've, I mean, we haven't really been advertising it per se. It's just been a, a, an incredibly slow process. But in the past month and a half, we finally got like the ball rolling on it actually being created. That's sick. Yeah. So, are you are you using Contact Player for that, or are you building your own plugin? Um, we're going to be, well, it's going to be for contact, but we're also, uh, we're still trying to figure out what we want to do for contact player. Just so people who, who don't want to purchase, you know, the right. full on, uh, version of contact can still use it. But I don't know. There's a whole bunch of licensing stuff and things like that, that we have to figure out with native instruments. Uh, yeah. but it'd be cool to like, definitely send you something and see what you think. There's a shit ton of drums. 
Yeah, that I mean, that would be awesome, man. I didn't yeah. even know that you sold your own TCIs. I would have bought that shit long ago. I'll send you that too. That'd be cool to see what you think. I I, I don't know how well uh, diverse those TCIs are, but really the entire premise of it was just like, hey, these are drums that I've just made and used for my EPs and layered with my natural drums for all my releases. Right. Okay. That I kind of refined and dude, every single time I take uh record session work, I take samples for the artist. That's so smart, dude. Yeah. I mean, just so that they have right. But granted all of those samples pretty much sound the same, even from like a year ago, because I'm using the same microphones, pretty much the same pre's and all that kind of stuff and processing. Right. right? Um, so that's why the, the TCI pack isn't really like incredibly diverse with samples, but yeah. I feel that. So, um, okay. So when you, when you track like, uh, bands and stuff, do you use their drums or do you just go, Hey, I have these like ultra sexy Tama drums and, uh, well, so yeah, so basically what I've tried to do is, uh, as many bands that come in here, uh, I try and get them to use my drums. Okay. Um, not cymbals, just drums, uh, because you know, I have, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, they can bring their cymbals and their pedals and any necessary hardware and stuff, obviously. But past that, you know, I, I'm just like, Hey, please use my shells because I know how they sound. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I know that those drums are going to deliver, especially if they're being hit properly. Uh, I know what the end result is going to be. So just kind of eliminate that variable of, well, is it going to be a superstar or is it going to be a crazy yeah. $5,000 custom, whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so do you, uh, do you switch out shells ever or is it just kind of like you have the the one kit that's sort of the the god kit yeah right now i i basically just have the one kit um and i'm actually hoping uh i just talked to tom about another kit which i'm really excited about but that won't be happening until like early next year okay but that is probably going to become my new god kit per se (laughs) but uh yeah right now it's just the tama star classic birch babinga and Dude, nice yeah that's pretty much my jam especially because babinga wood now is is uh no more really uh yeah it's in it's i'm pretty sure it's in danger but um yeah they the, they're not it's impossible to get babinga wood now for the production of guitars and drums and all that kind of stuff so wow yeah Are they outlawing it from shipping and stuff too i don't know all of the logistics behind it but I know it's no longer in production for drums. That's why. Um, that's like the, that's the big stuff for drums. That's the tippity top as far. Yeah, as Babinga is pretty crazy. I've played Babinga kits, but I prefer the combination of Birch because man, when you hit like a Binga Tom, it feels like your stick just goes into a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually had to play that for a drum festival, uh, and that was, oh, it was brutal. It was just such a heavy like. It felt like like every my like my rack toms my ten and twelve felt like I was hitting gong drums if that makes sense. Oh wow, okay, you know what I mean. So, like you hit it, but it doesn't feel like there's anything coming back at you. Right, and that's where that birch element comes in because birch has a lot of attack. So, um, that's kind of why that combination does so well is because you get so much bottom end, but then you also have the attack. 
So do you do you like having like a good amount of resonance on your toms and stuff? Um, yes, for the most part. I mean, it, I still control them, but I use very tiny little pieces of moon gel. I don't use uh, like I cut them up into tiny squares and I kind of oh, space okay. them out. Um, but yeah, I like that stuff, man, because a lot of times, you know, shell resonance and room mics sound amazing. And yes. yeah. And I, and I like preserving a lot of that stuff, but you know, under a close mic, which is what is eventually going to be louder in the mix anyways, than your rooms. Right. Um, at least for me, you know, you can control that stuff with just a simple gate. Right. So, yeah. um, I think it's important to still have that resonance for your close mic or sorry for the, for the room mics and the overheads, but then, you know, having that control for the close mic. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you, so do you gate the, do you gate your toms really hard? I actually delete, uh, the space in between my toms. Um, Oof. yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not that complex to be honest, just because it's, it's four tracks, you know, four tracks of audio right. and, I do my best to kind of leave space after the tom hits for it to decay properly. Right. And then when I crossfade, I make the fade in really, really, really quick because I leave a little bit of audio in the beginning so the transient doesn't get cut off. Right. And then the fade out, I'll kind of base it on the length of my regions and kind of have like a gradual fade out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. that way when I slap a gate on it, it's much more like, you know, you can you can just control it much better. Do you so. do the the like double snare track thing, like the little sneaky ghost note track? Um, what? <laughs> uh, so I've I've heard uh, this trick a lot of people do, which is where they they'll like duplicate their snare top, okay, uh, and then sort of compress that uh, that track differently than their normal snare top. So it's basically like they're their ghost note fader. Oh, interesting. It's just kind of like a, a sneaky little extra, extra volume on the ghost note thing. And then I guess they, yeah, they just cut the transient off like a, a madman. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I've never done anything like that, but, um, for videos and stuff, everything is all natural anyway. So my approach for that really is just to rely on room mics and overheads to, for you to be able to hear my ghost notes. Um, in fact, some of my mixes for the videos have gotten so sloppy that you can even hear the gate opening for toms and snares and stuff. You know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. but for releases, I'm much more, uh, you know, focused on that kind of those small details. And what I'll do for releases is I will have my natural tracks, but then I'll have whatever samples I'm blending. And then for my snare, I have my rim shot sample that I'm blending, and then I have my ghost note sample that I blend. Ah, okay. Yeah. And yeah, usually yeah. it's the same snare sample for both rim shot and uh, ghost notes. But point is, at least I have a fader on its own dedicated to ghost notes. That so, is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you ever do the the double tom thing? The, what is that? That thing, I think... Uh, I want to say I learned it from Eal or something. Okay. Uh, but so he'll he'll take his close mics and duplicate them, and he'll have essentially like bass bass guitar processing. He'll have one that's uh, low passed, like a 
motherfucker. And then oh, that's pretty one cool. that's like his attack. So you can set a quick gate on the uh, the attack one and then don't gate the low past one at all. That's really cool. No, I, I haven't done anything like that. Um, I just usually just try and whatever sample I'm blending, I, it, I'm, between that and the natural track, I kind of just get all the characteristics from that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get know how you cool, get though. your snare so friggin' like that thing hits so hard and it feels like you don't use a lot of room mic at all. That's actually all my room. <laughs> really? Yeah, if I sent you a mix of one of my videos without the room mic, you'd be like, wow, these sound as snare sounds horrible. It doesn't sound horrible, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely all my room mic, man. I do you, that's a, do you just use your like snare close mics is like basically yeah they're they're definitely heavily gated and you know obviously i do do a little bit of compression on them and eq my snare top especially um but that's a nolly trick uh that i learned a while ago he we were engineering some videos for matt like the first time around and we put room mics down the hall in uh you've been to my place so that spare like gym room it sounds horrible, but for drums, it's perfect. <laughs> and actually, I start tracking. I started tracking drums for the past year and a half now with all the doors open. Oh wow! Yeah, just because my room is not isolated, anyways. So I, you know, closing the doors is only going to help so much. So I just track with everything open now because it just sounds much more free flowing to all of the microphones outside of the room, right? Right. And uh, so what I what he he kind of showed me this trick. And so what I started doing was putting the fab filter gate on my rooms, but, uh, side chaining my snare top to it. And ah, okay. Basically only allowing rim shots to hit the gate and it essentially telling it to expand instead of gate whenever the snare hits. And from there you control your attack, your hold release, all that stuff on your gates to whatever the song calls for. And yeah, that's pretty much it. But as of lately, uh, I've actually started to not do that anymore and just kind of leaving my far rooms be a little bit more open. Uh, nice. Just because I okay. kind of like the sound of it. but Big and natural. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, man. I, I uh, fucking... Words. I heard the uh, the the track on the the new EP where you're going bap 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 like. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you write riffs? Yes. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah, man. I have so many stupid voice memos like that. Yes. Yeah. That, I think that is like an unsung hero of music writing. Because <laughs> I I know the Kublacon the Kublacon guitarist does that too. And I've been doing that for forever. I used to walk around with a mini tape recorder. That's awesome. Like before, that's dedication. Before voice memo was a thing. I was like this thirteen-year-old <laughs> walking around going, "Dude, absolutely." I'll be in like awkward areas too, just like at Home Depot <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? And like. 
just like sneak off to an aisle in the Home Depot where no one's in and break out the voice memo app and be like, okay, this is an idea for a heavy song. And it goes like, dun, dun, ba, 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 da, dun, ba, da. Yes. and I'm thinking it should start on this note and then maybe have this kind of, you know what I mean? Like I'm just awkwardly whispering to myself in a Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't do that? Who doesn't do that, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry. This is uh, almost two hours. I have like... Two more it's questions cool. for you. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guinea pig, man. It'll only be more efficient going <laughs> onwards. That's right. Uh, so now we're we're getting getting serious for everybody. Oh boy! Uh, in your in your career, if you could go back and change something, what would it be? Oh boy, jeez! I fucking hit you with the big one, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I probably should have sent you that beforehand and been like, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> oh man, I dude, I don't really, man, I, that's a, that's a tough one to be honest." Um, you can also just say I wouldn't change anything. That's a, a reasonable answer as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. That, okay, so I'm I'm kind of going through a pretty emotional time right now because my uh, dog Kobe passed away like just about a week and or oh sorry two weeks two and a half weeks ago dude yeah and i'm so sorry oh it's all good thank you um it's been incredibly tough but all of my career decisions everything for the most part has been based around kobe just because coming home from tours you know just that memory of uh like seeing him again the reason to come back home pretty much was that and one of well, the biggest reason why I pretty much started saying no to traveling uh, back in like early 2016 was because he had to have his first TPLO operation when I was on tour with Monuments in the U.S. Oh, man. And that was like a a huge bummer for me, man. I remember being on tour and just having so much anxiety and taking it out, you know, in an unhealthy way. And I think that caused... I love the monuments too. So don't get me wrong. Like we absolutely left on great terms. Ali still love the shit out of Ali. He's awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I was going through some personal stuff just with Kobe at home, having like a knee surgery and me not being there for him. Yeah. So it completely ruined me. And I kind of, without saying it out loud, I kind of made the decision like, okay, you just have to be home more for this dog, you know? Yeah. And making that decision was like one of the best things I could have done. And I wish I had maybe made it sooner. Gotcha. You know, that's pretty much really the only thing I would change. Uh, yeah. Just being able to spend more time with him. Man, I'm so sorry. That was, that was your boy. You loved the shit out of that dog. Oh man. Absolutely. But yeah. So sorry to get all deep and heavy there. <laughs> Dude, deep and heavy is an important thing. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I, th- I think I've been f- very fortunate. I can't complain career-wise. Um, not saying that like I'm some crazy-ass rock star. I'm still trying to work on shit, but you know what I mean. Bro, you made an album with Devin Townsend, bro. <laughs> yeah. Full-on rock star, bro. Yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Marty Friedman. Did you did you do an album with the other 
who's the other Marty Friedman and uh, was uh, it Chris Chris Broderick, Dave Mustaine? I don't know. Fuck this. Megadeth guys? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> Fuck this joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, do you have any words of uh, words of wisdom or inspiration for for the uh, unfortunate souls attempting to? make themselves a music career today. <laughs> oh man, I don't even think I'm in any position to be trying to give advice. I'm still, <laughs> you know. Like, no, you've, like, you've definitely learned things throughout your 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 existence. I mean, if anything, just maybe understand that adaptability is a very important trait in really any career today. Uh but most importantly in the music industry, you know, I feel like that that's what I mean. Like things are just changing way too quick that like, you know, like I didn't even know about what, what was it? TikTok? TikTok. Yeah. Like that, for example, that's totally new and just another platform to learn. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Things are just constantly changing that uh, I feel like it's very important to be adaptable and just have that ability to kind of stay with things. So something that I'm trying to figure out every single day. I think that's a, a very good point. So. And just kind of being aware and trying to not be old man yelling at clouds and stuff. Yeah, dude, I've had some old man moments and <laughs> it's scary, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely... I feel it. Well, honestly, even just getting on TikTok, I've just been like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And totally, then that, that kind of made me look back and be like, well, when I was like, you know, because it's like mostly like Gen Zers and stuff. Okay. It's like, man, when I was that age, like, because most of the people I was interacting with are like my age now. And I was just like, man, I must have been annoying as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dude, I complained when I got a Twitter, you know, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I forget when I got it. But I remember just being like, oh, I can't keep up with this shit. And like dude, Twitter's hard, man. Dude, Twitter's hard. I haven't even made a single effort on Twitter. And it's great because I can post whatever the hell I want to post. And it's absolutely not going to affect how people uh, perceive me on Instagram or Facebook, whatever the fuck. It's yeah. not related in any way, shape or form, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you do you use Twitter just kind of as like a whatever you're thinking kind of a thing? Yeah, I mean, I like it's kind of funny because I call it like my social media for venting, but I don't even vent on it. I just I don't know. I just like if anything, I'll retweet like a thing of a golden retriever or something, you know? Like, <laughs> like, like I've made it a point that my Twitter is basically all animal stuff, like literally just okay. cats, yeah. dogs, puppies, kittens giraffes elephants lions all that shit um yeah that's that's my twitter i was uh so last year on tour i was kind of talking to some of the bands i was out with about twitter and they were like dude like all this weird random shit you say you should be putting that on your twitter yeah you do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i've noticed that it's nice uh but like I mean like next level like just verbal shit posting like Oh, okay, yeah. And so I did that for like a month or two and I was like, dude, people are going to think I am full on insane like <laughs> if they don't have 
<laughs> oh my god yeah no absolutely i so, i i don't think i'll ever post like my true inner thoughts on social media yeah um just because i don't know i have fucked thoughts just like everyone else but like but at least i can admit it but i don't need to like say them on social media that's all i feel that so you're a, a very uh put together put together young man i appreciate it that's <laughs> yeah that's ironic <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about ironic yeah okay i you're you're a good a good boy very good boy Thanks, man. You're crazy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I won't even sugarcoat it. I know you're crazy. So, yeah, I'm full on crazy, dude. Yeah, that's great. Uh, do you have any <laughs> words of wisdom in in general for uh, anybody in living life? Uh, drink water, dude. Solid, fucking. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty important. Um, I need to do that so much. Yeah, I don't know, man. No, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Oh shit. I'm. Am I gonna do it? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. What's your favorite movie, Anoop? Oh man, I. You told me before we started this thing that you were gonna <laughs> ask me, and I still just didn't even have like a a thing for it. Um. I'll, okay, okay. Let me. Oh, you got it. Okay. Go well, I'll it. just. To get to the point, uh, The Dark Knight. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, man. Christian Christian Bale Batman movies, those are all amazing. It was like the first time I feel like the right spin on a superhero movie was, you know what I mean, delivered. Yeah. <laughs> Did you fuck with the, the Punisher at all? Uh, the TV show? Uh, the movie or the TV show? Uh, yeah, both. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, I haven't seen the TV show yet, but I, I think it's a great superhero. Sort of the yeah. same idea as Batman, where it's just an angry man. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, The Dark Knight, for example. Um, you know, that's Heath Ledger, right? So, um, is that Heath Ledger? Am I thinking the right one? Yeah, yeah, you got. Yeah, it. no, that is right. Okay, um, I mean. They finally perceived like the Joker character for the first time ever. My, I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, but Jack Nicholson Joker with that." No, but yeah. like Heath Ledger Joker was like the first time you actually saw like a legitimate terrorist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like, true, dude. And you also saw like Batman and using his resources of being incredibly rich to like figure out how to be Batman. So, yeah. um, and also just. The whole dark side of it, you know, it's just it's it was awesome, really sick. Yeah, so. it feels like actually believable that you know. Yeah, that's why I highly encourage you to watch that new Joker movie. I really loved it, dude. I'm I'm down. Yeah, you know what I'm about to do? I'm about to go see uh, the movie Alien in theaters. Really? They're re-releasing it for the 40th anniversary. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy, man. I'm pretty stoked, man. Um, okay. All right. Five awesome bands. I'm going to do it. Just rip this shit straight out of fucking Craig's podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, I forget what I even said in that, but I can give you four. Okay. 
it doesn't have to be favorites, by the way. That's I. That's why I try and never do like favorite lists and stuff because I think it's better because everybody's favorites change so often, and then Fair everybody enough. like feels the need to be like, well, uh, you know, we wouldn't have metal music without Black Sabbath or something, and then you end up with like, yeah, half no, I got answers and stuff. So favorite bands. I'll give you. I'll give you some favorites just because like, I feel like I'm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good bands. <laughs> Nailed yeah, it, Yeah, okay. Well, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so first one, I'd say Periphery. Okay. Uh, when it comes to metal, you know, I don't know. There's the shit. Um, oh, yeah. Ben Folds is a classic for me. That's tight. Yeah. I mean, just brings me back to some old school roots. I love it. And then Incubus, another one, huge one for me. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, Morning View is... The best. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I love all their stuff. The, and I, I got to tell you about this. Um, the what is that song? Wish you were here. Is that the yeah. actual name of the song? I forget. But there's this this one part in that song where he's like he's talking about a blue blanket, like strewn across a blue blanket. Okay. And just the next time you listen to that song, listen to the way that he says "blue blanket." And <laughs> you will never unhear how hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and he's <just> like, boom, blanket. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Cool. <laughs> I hope I remember that. That's <laughs> it's great. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Incubus, Ben Foles, Peripheral. Yeah. Iron Dissonance. Dude. All right. Sick. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and then I don't know. I don't really have a fifth. It's kind of just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. Four. What's what's your favorite? Uh, not favorite, but what's a good uh, hip hop artist right now? Um, quick, three, two, one. I heard Gangstars putting out something with J Cole, or it might have already come out. And if that's the case, I'm running late and should already check it out. That would be, <laughs> that yeah, would be sick if that was true. I very sadly know nothing about that. Oh man, Gangstar is amazing. Okay, I'm on it. I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah, Gangstar is sick. And I've Anyways. heard I've heard of J Cole around the the world, but yeah, he, he um I feel like him and Kendrick Lamar kind of came around. I I'm I could be totally wrong on all this, but for me. I heard both of them around like the same time, and then Kendrick Lamar just blew the fuck up. Okay, um, so it's a, a little while back. Yeah, but J Cole is awesome. He has he's sick. Yeah, dude, Kendrick is fucking crazy with like doing straight up polyrhythms and stuff. And Kendrick is awesome, man. Anderson Pack is another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love Anderson stuff too. These are like all names that I've seen but have never actually listened to. So, oh I man, you. you'll love it for sure. Anderson is a sick drummer too. <laughs> Dude, wow. he'll be okay. he'll be on stage like playing drums to his own songs while singing and rapping. It's just like holy shit. Damn. Yeah. That's just hard, man. Have you ever sang and drummed? I cannot talk and drum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that's a different talking is like there's there's no rehearsal behind talking. Even just like if you if I was drumming and you told me to say a word, like you were just like apple, and I had to say apple, it would take me a few seconds to be like, okay, on this beat, I'm gonna say 
Apple. You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. So it's weird because when it comes to like counting, for example, that's like kind of different and obviously happens a little bit more fluid, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, so do you actually count stuff out as you play it or do you just kind of rely on muscle memory and stuff? It's a lot of muscle memory for sure. If it's like a weird section, there's definitely times where my mind will break things up into what it, whatever it needs to in order to comprehend it and deliver it the best way I can. But yeah, a lot of just muscle memory. Do you kind of ever like make your own sort of rules for counting? And um, it's weird, man, because a lot of times if I focus too much on the numbers, I used to do that so much. If there was like an odd section, I'd focus way too much on it being seven, then five, then seven, then five. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's not really too cool because you start getting way too literal with the time signature and you start losing all sense of feel. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's true. It's it starts to not just feel good, you know, and, and there's musicians out there that'll make seven feel like a fucking like you're being, you know, fed grapes on a gigantic thing while people are <laughs> fanning you with leaves and shit. You know what I mean? Like Dude, Dave Matthews, have you heard that song Seven? No. Oh yeah. Dude. Is that Dave Matthews? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Well, Necrophagist also has a seven, but I, I, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm guessing you, you'd know the difference. Uh, yeah, dude, it's crazy. It straight up is like, it was written, uh, where Carter was like, I'm going to write a smooth seven song and it's going to be a radio hit. And, and everybody just was like, that it's no, you won't. And he was like, ha ha. I already did. Yeah, isn't that crazy, man? Some dude makes a living on more royalties than you and I have ever made because yeah. he wrote a radio hit in seven. That is, I mean, that's pretty sick. I yeah, think um, <laughs> the uh, times like these, Foo Fighters, I think that's seven. Okay. Which is pretty cool. It's always interesting seeing like big hit songs that are in strange time signatures and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, take five. Take five? Uh, jazz. Um. <laughs> That's my new ringtone right there. <laughs> take five. Is that John Col- Did John Coltrane, right? Take five. I think so, yeah. yeah. And that has that famous, like, ultra impossible. I'm just gonna keep singing it, man. <laughs> just let the podcast fade out on that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go. What do you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, we did it. We two did two hours. Good lord. Oh wait, no, not two hours. Just about. Dude, we gotta we we gotta just make stuff up for the next. If you like, don't count minute. the pee break, oh shit, that's true. Yeah, you know what? I count the. I'm gonna leave the whole pee break in. Isn't that crazy? That happened. I'm look. I'm scrolling. <laughs> I'm scrolling back at the audio, and it's funny just looking at the like line that just happens. <laughs> Amazing. I think it's. Uh, I mean, did you ever think that you'd have the opportunity to? Uh, to just go pee in the middle of a podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I guess, I guess I've done so little of them that the chances of that have, there haven't really been much chance of that happening. How you know? many, how many podcasts have you done? I don't know. I, I mean, actually that's weird that you say that because I've done three this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess. You're a busy I, yeah. man. Yeah, dude, doing podcasts left and right, you know? Bruh. <laughs> Yo, it's 2019. If you don't have a podcast, you're, you know, I'd, not relevant or something. It's actually a really cool concept though, because, uh, I think it's important for, uh, you know, like a lot of people I feel like can maybe falsely idolize stuff. And it's nice when you can, you know, hear someone talk about me, like, you know, other musicians that are trying to make stuff happen in the metal scene can maybe listen to us talk about it and be like, Oh, they're, also trying to figure shit out. So now yes. I feel better about yeah. myself, you know? So Yeah, and I, I think it's also just like it's it's nice to kind of have something comfortable to to consume, I guess, as opposed to like uh so you uh played uh drums for Ash Ketchum and I don't Yeah, know like an interview thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's just it's nice. It's well, my favorite thing to uh, listen to while I do the dishes. So for those of you who are doing dishes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm, yeah. I've, I've never really <laughs> listened to podcasts, but I'm totally down to like do a podcast. Dude. Yeah. Well, I I would hope so because you're, you're on one right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. Oh, but. shit. <laughs> We've been doing one for two hours. Damn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you go live your life, man. Yeah, likewise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 